Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, where we are upping the production value with a little music off the top. Let me know if you like it. If not, we can throw in another beat or two. The Bruins are coming off a 2-1 victory over the Florida Panthers on Thursday night. We'll get into that here in a moment and talk about Tory Krug's magnificent overtime winner. Uh, we will also tee up the weekend ahead, take a look at what's going on around the uh, NHL, and also update the President's Trophy Power Rankings that I like to call all the President's Men. Uh, for those of you new to the show, uh, my name is Ian McLaren. I'm the host of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. This is episode 113. It is Friday, March, what is it, the 6th. Oh, does that mean Friday the 13th is coming up? Doggy, get ready for that. Uh, you can find me on twitter.com at Ian C. McLaren. You can also follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. The podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. That's my app of choice. Uh, if you are an Apple user, I would Kindly request that you leave a rating or review. That would be very much appreciated uh, as it really helps to uh, boost the show's profile and gain some traction with some other listeners. Please also tell a Bruins-loving friend or family member about the podcast today and get them on board with the Locked On Bruins movement. Yes, Tori Krug was the hero on Thursday night as the Bruins beat the Panthers in overtime by a score of 2-1, to one, a blistering slap shot past Chris Dreger that uh, helped close out a Florida trip that resulted in four points out of a possible four points. And the Bruins will come back to face the Lightning again on Saturday, but we'll get into that in a moment. Uh, Tori Krug, as I mentioned, won it for the Bruins with a blast from the high slot with about 52 seconds remaining in overtime, uh, mercifully saving the Bruins from another shootout where they are 0-7 uh, this season so far, although it kind of would have been nice to see if Andre Kasha could have made an impact as he is a pretty decent uh, shootout performer. Uh, but thankfully, they didn't have to get that far and Krug finished it off. Uh, Brad Marchand said he's obviously a huge part of our offense. You saw it there in overtime on the power play earlier in the game. He's just so versatile back there, makes so many plays. He just puts himself in good positions to get shots on net and make things happen back there. Now, just before the winner, Krug and David Pasternak had entered the Panther zone on a two-on-one. The puck trickled off Krug's stick and into the corner. Pasternak, we love to see it. He won a battle for the loose puck. Uh, zipped a feed to Krug, who collected it at the top of the right circle. Uh, kind of drifted into the high slot and unleashed a slap shot that beat the Florida Panthers goalie cleanly and through traffic. Bruce Cassidy said he made a really good play on the two-on-one to fake everybody out. He scored now twice in overtime for us this season. In open ice, he can make plays. He's got a good shot. On the power play, he usually makes the right decision. That's where he excels. He happened to find it right in the wheelhouse. Uh, now Krug was playing without Brandon Carlo, his regular defensive partner for uh, a lot of the game. We'll get into that in a moment, why Carlo left the game. Uh, but he still managed to land a game-high five shots in 22 minutes and 12 seconds of ice time. Uh, Krug said, we're trying to bring our A game every night. If you don't have it, 
then you have to live with your B game and you live with the results. If we can win the game, then it's a sign of a really good team. We got the win and we move on. They were playing a pretty desperate Florida Panthers team who is just trying to get every point possible as they try to stay in the race uh, for third in the, in the Atlantic. The Maple Leafs did lose last night, so that extra point would have been very beneficial for the Panthers, but it's a credit to Boston that they were able to withstand that desperation and emerge uh, victorious. Uh, now, Tory Krug, we all know how valuable he is to the Bruins. We all know that he is a UFA at season's end. Uh, among defensemen, he is now right up there in terms of uh, production. He's now up to 48 points on the season, which is good for seventh among defensemen. And uh, his, yeah, just uh, just so valuable to the Bruins in so many respects. He's got four game-winning goals, which is second among defensemen uh, to John Carlson six. Um, I immediately tweeted after the game that the Bruins need to re-sign him immediately. Again, there's some question as to what he's asking for, what the Bruins are willing to pay. Uh, but certainly he just continues to prove his worth night in and night out and as is as integral to Boston's success as anybody uh, on the team. Well, maybe I wouldn't go that far, but he is fourth in team scoring, and clearly uh, he and McAvoy are the anchors on the back end for the team uh, this season. I mentioned Brandon Carlo. He has emerged as a very important Bruins defenseman this season in a more shutdown role uh, on uh, the right side to Tori Krug. He was elbowed in the head by Evgeny Dadnov uh, in the second period and was forced to exit the game with an upper body injury, did not return. Initially, it looked as though he was going to get uh, Dadnov, that is, a major penalty. And I believe the ruling says uh, a, a major must be assessed when elbow uh, is used in that fashion. Uh, however, they reduced it to a two-minute penalty, and uh, hopefully the league will take a look at that as it seemed like a pretty egregious elbow to the head. Uh, he was playing the puck at the time, which I guess resulted in the fact that uh, it was only a minor, but still it was, uh, yeah, pretty egregious. Cassidy said, us losing Carlo hurts our ability to keep plays alive in the Ozone. You're down to five guys. A guy that kills a lot. We lost a bit of our game when he went out, but I give our D credit. They did a good job and played a lot of minutes. It was a harder hockey game, a little more chip and chase, going back and getting hit on pucks. Uh, good for them, he said, about the Panthers. I didn't love our game, but I love the fact we stayed in the game and gave us a chance to win. Uh, there was a bit of an injury scare as well with Andre Kasha as he left the game briefly midway through the first period after a collision with Dadnov at center ice. Um, somehow, Kasha was the one who was penalized on the play. He had trouble putting weight on his right leg and needed assistance getting to the dressing room, but fortunately he was able to return after only a few shifts, and apparently it was just a uh, Charlie Hoist. Hoist? Charlie Horse. That is... Uh, on a positive note, uh, Patrice Bergeron scored, and he uh, recorded his third straight 30-goal campaign and the sixth of his career. He is only the sixth Bruin to accomplish that feat, joining Phil Esposito, Rick Middleton, Johnny Busick, Cam Neely, and Peter McNabb. McNabb. 
What is wrong with me today? Um, most impressively, I think, is the fact that five of Bergeron's 30-goal seasons have come in the last six seasons, four in the last five years. Uh, he has set a career high of 32 goals last season in just 65 games, and it looks like he could eclipse that this season uh, if he plays a lot of the remaining games, stays healthy. Uh, Marchand stated the obvious, saying he's an impressive player. Just the perfect example of consistency. Every year he competes hard. He's dangerous around the net, gets to those dirty areas, and he gets rewarded for it. Very happy for him, Marshawn added, especially missing some time. It's not easy when he's scoring 30 and he's the best defensive forward in the league. It's very impressive. And I cannot state enough how blessed we are to have Patrice Bergeron as a member of the Boston Bruins. Uh, one other note, uh, actually a couple other notes. Uh, Yaroslav Halak was very impressive in this one. He made a couple huge saves down the stretch to uh, keep the Bruins level with the Panthers late. Uh, he made a big breakaway save in overtime off uh, Dadunov, I believe. And uh, that allowed the Bruins to uh, head back down the ice and uh, score the game winner. So full, full credit to Halak who is as good of a backup as any team could ask for in, in today's NHL. Uh, and then finally, Nick Ritchie uh, dropped the gloves in this one. His first fight in a Bruins uniform, battling Riley Stillman, son of former NHLer Corey Stillman. It was his first fight since March 2018. Uh, we all know fighting's become less of a thing in the NHL, but uh, Ritchie said it was a decent time to fight. We came out a little flat, didn't have our best stuff. You don't want to just go out and fight guys all the time, but I thought it was a decent time to try that guy, get the guys in the game, and I think they enjoyed it. And certainly there were a lot of stick taps on the boards uh, for Richie after that effort. So, yeah, big win in Florida for the Bruins. They uh, improved their record to uh, 43, 13, and 12, 98 points. Uh, remained nine ahead of the Tampa Bay Lightning. And let's now get into our weekly look at all the president's men. My fancy name at uh, the NHL top five power rankings. This week, I think I have to actually make it six teams because the Philadelphia Flyers are just too hot to ignore. They beat the Carolina Hurricanes on Thursday night, and they are now level with the Washington Capitals atop the Metropolitan Division. The two teams have identical 40, 20, and 7 records through 67 games, 87 points, and a 649 uh, point percentage. So they are tied in fifth for me at the moment. The Flyers uh, have a plus 36 goal differential compared to Washington's uh, plus 23, so we can give them a slight advantage there. They're also the hottest team in the NHL, having won eight in a row. So yeah, the Flyers, not really coming out of nowhere, but uh, I'm going to put them in a tie with the Capitals for fifth this week. So kind of a 5A, 5B situation. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, I'm putting in fourth. They have uh, uh, fallen off a little bit. They did win last night, beating the uh, not-so-impressive Montreal Canadiens by a score of 4 nothing. Uh, so they remain nine points behind the Boston Ruins atop the Atlantic Division. They do have a game in hand. Uh, but overall, they have the uh, third highest amount of points, but the fourth best 
point percentage at 664, a record of 42, 20, and 5 for 89 points. Uh, they have a plus 50 goal differential, which is second to the Boston Bruins. Uh, so still a formidable opponent, uh, but not quite up there with uh, a couple of Western Conference teams who I'm putting over them this week. First of all, the Colorado Avalanche. They have 88 points through 66 games, a record of 40, 18, and 8, a 667 point percentage. They have a plus 49 goal differential. And uh, most impressively, they're doing this with a number of uh, significant injuries on their roster at the moment. Starting goaltender Philip Grubauer is on the shelf, as well as forward uh, Nazem Kadri and superstar winger. Uh, Miko Rantanen is also uh, on injured reserve. Andre Burakovsky's day-to-day, Kale McCarr's day-to-day. So this team's really banged up, uh, but they still find ways to win. And uh, if and when they get fully healthy, I think they, along with the Vegas Golden Knights, are the teams to beat out West. Although we can't discount the St. Louis Blues, who I'm putting in second this week. They have a record of 60, sorry, through 67 games. They're 40, 17, and 10, 672 point percentage. Uh, tops in the Western Conference and second in the NHL only to the Boston Bruins. Their uh, goal differential is at plus 31, so also pretty impressive. In that category, they are uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. And... Uh, I've said all along, it kind of takes the sting off Game 7 a little bit because, you know, if the Blues had come out and just fallen down to uh, the bottom of the Central or, you know, struggled to make the playoffs, uh, that would have been, uh, you know, really putting a rubbing salt in the wound. But the fact that they remain uh, a pretty good team is small consolation and, and the fact that Boston did lose to uh, a formidable opponent and who knows maybe we'll see a rematch this year because Boston at the moment is my number one team in the NHL 68 games played record of 43 13 and 12 Uh, the most regulation wins in the NHL with 37 they also have uh, the best goal differential at plus 53 and again just uh, since the all-star break their bye week they've just been on a huge roll here. Uh, they've won four in a row, eight and two in their last 10. And uh, the Bruins, as I said on Twitter last night, they have the advantage right now having basically five full forward lines who are healthy. Uh, Carson Kuhlman, uh, who else was scratched last night? Anton Bleed, Joaquin Nordstrom, all did not play last night. Um, and Boston has the ability to kind of plug and play some of these forwards, give some of their players some rest down the stretch, and that hopefully will be used to their advantage. We might see Yaroslav Halak pick up some more starts here down the stretch as well as um, Tuka Rask gets a little more rest uh, for the playoffs. But we still have about a month until we have to start thinking about postseason play. Boston, as I mentioned, will be in action next against the Tampa Bay Lightning here on Saturday, a 7 p.m. start at uh, the Garden. Then they'll be off for two days uh, before they um, travel to Philadelphia to take on the Red Hot Flyers. Uh, And then we'll have a back-to-back situation coming up next weekend, Friday night in Buffalo, and then at home on Saturday the 14th to take on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, There's also a 
uh, West Coast California road trip coming up. Uh, we're a bit late in the season for that, uh, but uh, we'll get to that here uh, as the uh, yeah schedule winds down and we start gearing up more towards the playoffs. It's hard to believe that uh, here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, we're already starting to talk about playoffs, uh, but here we are, and, and I'm excited about uh, what Boston will be able to do here in this year's uh, playoff push. As we do every day, let's finish off with some news and notes from around the NHL and some sad news out of Montreal where Henri Richard, who played on 11 Stanley Cup winning teams, more than anyone in NHL history, he has passed away uh, at the age of 84 here on Friday. He was born on February 29th, 1936, was given the name Pocket Rocket because of his size and the fact that he was the younger brother of Maurice Richard, who was already known as the Rocket uh, and Maurice, of course, is the namesake of the Rocket Richard Trophy. Um, but he quickly showed that he was every bit as much of a competitor as his big brother and went on to have great success and is currently in the Hall of Fame. So uh, shout out to Henri Richard, the Pocket Rocket. Thank you for uh, all that you've contributed to hockey history and to the community of Montreal. On the ice last night, in case you missed it, Mika Zibanejad scored five goals, including the winner in overtime as the New York Rangers beat the Washington Capitals by a score of 6-5. to five. They are uh, desperately trying to remain in the wildcard race. Uh, they currently are uh, above the Carolina Hurricanes in the standings right now. Uh, two points back of the... Uh, Rivaled New York Islanders, albeit with one more game played to their credit. Somehow the Blue Jackets and Islanders uh, are holding on in this race, while the Rangers and Hurricanes are uh, chasing. I would expect that we would see the Rangers and Hurricanes in the playoffs by the time all is said and done with the Injury-ravaged Blue Jackets and the kind of smoke and mirrors Islanders dropping out of the race, but uh, you never know. Uh, On paper, the Rangers and Hurricanes seem to be the better team, and they have uh, better goal differentials, uh, better underlying numbers. Uh, The Hurricanes do have three games in hand on the Blue Jackets and are only four points back, so that could uh, play a factor as well. Uh, The Hurricanes, of course, are really uh, dinged up at the moment without their two starting goalies. Uh, the Islanders have lost three in a row. So there's certainly opportunity for both of those teams to jump up in the standings. And uh, that race will be pretty significant uh, down the stretch. Uh, it's kind of unfortunate that we have the one through, sorry, that we don't have the one through eight situation right now because uh, the Maple Leafs uh, would possibly be in jeopardy of losing their playoff spot. Uh, they're five points up on the Florida Panthers. The Panthers do have a game in hand, uh, but it would be a lot more interesting if all those Eastern Conference teams were in play, uh, whereas Toronto only has to hold off the uh, the Panthers at the moment. The Rangers are certainly a team to keep an eye on. Uh, even after losing Chris Crowder to injury, they traded Brady Shea at the far the deadline. Uh, but yeah, just red hot and really seem to be um, picking up steam here are Timmy Panarin putting his name in the ring for MVP consideration and a pretty impressive run here for uh, the Rangers as well as the Flyers, as I mentioned earlier. 
like I mentioned, the Islanders are on the downswing. They lost to Ottawa the other or last night, which uh, is never a good sign. I think that about does it for today's episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. Thank you so much for all the support. Again, if you're able to leave a rating and a review, that would be very much appreciated. Hope you all have a great weekend, that we get to witness another win for the Bruins over the Lightning. I'll also be watching, uh, what else am I watching these days? The Trials of Gabriel Fernandez on Netflix, which is very heart-wrenching. And uh, yeah, I highly recommend it, but uh, there is some significantly disturbing content in there. uh, So be warned of that. I'm also watching uh, The Sinner on USA Network, which uh, has been pretty good this season. Hope to catch up on that tonight as well. And also uh, re-watching Schitt's Creek, uh, which is pretty awesome as well. If you haven't watched that, it's one of my favorite comedies at the moment, currently in its final season, but also on Netflix. And I'm going back and re-watching that from the beginning. And it's very hilarious and uh, I love it. So if you haven't seen that, do check that out. But yeah, have a great weekend, everyone. Stay safe out there. Wash your hands and take care of yourselves. We'll talk to you again on Monday here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. And, oh, wait, keep an eye out for a Brandon Carlo update. Still no word on the severity of his injury. Should be known more uh, here on Friday as the Bruins return home in preparation for uh, Saturday's game against the Lightning. Fingers crossed that... Uh, it's not too serious and that he'll be back in the lineup sooner than later. That's it, friends. Peace.